Welcome to the Lake Forest Podcast, a podcast about the lovely city of Lake Forest, featuring topics like local news, sports, music, people, food, and ex-alderman. My name is Pete, and I'm joined with the voice of Lake Forest High School basketball, football, lacrosse, chess team, Scoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. The Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Make a memory of a lifetime with Shark Eye Outdoors out of Longboat Key, Florida. Experience their shark beach fishing, kayak tours, and fossil hunting. Go to SharkGuyOutdoors.com and schedule an outing now. Forest Bluff Real Estate Group serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and Michelle Parnell get a free market analysis now at ForestBluffRealEstate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Their cannabis cultivation center owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzage. They focus on hard-to-find small batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Ganjier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process, Iliad Epic Grow. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Havy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest Own Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. We'd also like to say that we're thankful for our patron supporters. Reverend Lupac from the Church of the Holy Spirit. Matt A. Elizabeth C. Coastal Lance Otto, REM, John C. and Dan Rogers. Shout out to the Lake Forest Breakfast Group, Rod Stop in Kenosha, Captain Mike's Kenosha, Greentown Tavern in Waukegan, and the Frolic Lounge in Waukegan. Walker, how you doing, Scoop? I'm doing well, Pete. Good morning. Beautiful wintry day. Thought we were going to make it through January with no snow, but. Scoo, this is a momentous podcast because later on in the show, sitting in that very sofa there will be the Catherine Waldeck. Wow, we are moving up. You're doing live in person. First time. In and maybe it'll work. We got lights here. Let's see if any of these lights work. <laughs> 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 we got Mike's. Mike who? Be Michael. So uh, I think Kathy's fighting the snow to get over here. She'll be here a little bit later. I want to give a shout out to uh, Jason Waika. Four years, Waika. sir. What'd I say? Waika. Oh, Jason Wisha. He's four years <laughs> as. Uh, you do that intentionally, don't you? <laughs> I, I do not. I think Jason and I got here at the same time because I remember him walking his dog, and I didn't had no idea who he was, and uh, we just, you know, we that's amazing. Four years. Well, at least you guys have poop bags. <laughs> and, and you know what? Away. He picked he picked them up. I saw it. That's amazing. Four years. It seems like it was like yesterday that he just started. He's done a great job for the four years. Well, uh, hopefully sticks around. I think. But it's got my vote, you know. Um, so we got snow today, man. Just it's kind of thrown a crimp in what I need to do today. Because as it's coming down, they said it's supposed to warm up and melt, but it doesn't look like it. You're yeah. going to have to shovel. It's wet and heavy. I missed you at uh, Beth Tiffany's. Uh, 
uh, mass. That was a nice mass. Oh, yeah. It was a nice service, nice turnout. It was really nicely done. Didn't uh, go to the afterwards, but um, I heard that went out well. And But it was nice. Trisha Sweet did a nice little reading. Uh, Beth's brother, Tiff, did a nice reading. Yep. Um, yeah, it was a nice service. 250 people, something like that. It was a I, yeah, I don't know. That was it was a great turnout. I mean, I was, uh, you know, that was nice. You know, I was kind of wondering what in those things, who's going to show and what, but it was a great. I thought it was a great turnout. Yeah. Well done. Again, shout out to the family, Ed. See you soon at the uh, lantern. So uh, Mary's getting a lot of uh, hate texts. I saw that you said that uh, you sent that over. That's kind of uh, it's kind of bush, bush and disconcerting that uh, you know certain people are sending out the minions to do that that stuff. I hope they like XLX brownies. I really wish this would stop. I hate shoveling wet snow. Yeah, dude, it's like half an inch is like equal to a foot. It's like widowmaker snow. Oh, I know. Hey, look who just joined us. Scoo, do you know this person? Yeah. How are you? Sound okay? How's she look? Great. All right. Kathy, did you ever work with my dad or did your husband? Art Walker? I, you know, I think Joe, well, Joe knows everyone, right? Um, I think Joe must have worked with your dad. Um, okay. I know he said to say hi. Uh so uh who's joe joe is my husband oh hi joe <laughs> you should have brought him along he uh yeah he yeah he would uh he he would have um we would have been here even longer because uh he likes to talk as much as i do if not even more <laughs> kathy waldeck welcome to the lake forest podcast good to be here how's that sofa it's super comfortable it's... uh i really feel at home Time. You've had a couple too many at the Lantern. And, and it's official. That's that. all not props. There's actually some. <laughs> this is all stuff. I know. That's what I'm saying. Kathy Waldeck, tell me uh, your background. Former alderman, been a city council for a long time. It goes way before that. Tell us about it. Sure. Uh, well, I'm a local girl. Uh, I'm a hometown girl. I, My parents, Rhea and Lou Bernakis, moved to Lake Forest when I was three years old, went to school here. Uh, other than four years at college, I've actually never lived anywhere other than Lake Forest. What, After, what, what college? Sounds, sounds from, familiar. <laughs> I, gra I graduated from Cornell University. And New Cornell. I returned to Lake Forest and I attended law school. And after I graduated from law school, I worked for 20 years as a prosecutor. 18 Ooh. of those 20 years were in the Cook County State's Attorney's Office, and two were in Lake County. And my husband, Joe, is um, also from Lake Forest and grew up here, um, actually born in Cleveland, but he grew up here, and he's a retired judge. Cleveland rocks. Uh, and he and he's a retired judge. So we really, uh, both of us had careers in public service. That's really what I consider to be my, my career, my client, so to speak, uh, was the people of the state of Illinois. After I finished my, you know, retired uh, from 
prosecuting crime. Uh, I was really sort of looking for something to do, kind of casting about for something to do. And I knew I wanted to get involved in my community. I uh, had, I was very fortunate to have as my in-laws, Pat and Frank Waldeck. My father-in-law, Frank, was a former mayor of Lake Forest. He served as mayor back in the late 70s, early 80s, actually when they filmed Ordinary People. He was mayor for the filming of Ordinary People. Really? And my mother-in-law, Pat, was just a volunteer extraordinaire. I mean, she really volunteered in all aspects of city life. And I always say that the they led by their quiet example. They weren't people who talked a lot about themselves. They didn't blow their own horns, uh, but they really led by quiet example. And when I stopped working, I was looking for ways to get more involved. And, and I, I had them as an example. And one day I bumped into an acquaintance. I think it was maybe outside the Jewel. Jules. And she happened to be on the caucus. And we started talking. And the next thing I knew, uh, I was on plan commission. <laughs> and I thought, well, this will be interesting. I, I'm a lawyer, obviously, by training. I, I wasn't really sure if I exactly had the, the background for plan, but I found that I really, really enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed it. And I felt that I contributed a lot and I was good with it. I was good at it. Definitely enjoyed the people that I, I served with on plan, some of whom went on to serve on city council for me, with me. And a couple years later, the phone rings again. Um, hello, you know, it's the caucus. Would you like to come and interview to be first ward alderman? So I will say throughout this whole process, and I've been through it a bunch of times, I never, for what it's worth, self-identified. <laughs> I was always um, on the other end of a phone call. So I interviewed, uh, and I was fortunate enough to be selected as first ward alderman. I served my full- When, uh, when was this? This first ward right here? This first ward right here, yes. I served from, I think it was 2011, 2011 through 2017. So it's okay. three two-year terms, and they're staggered. So the first three years, I was partnered with Kent Novit, and the second three years, I was partnered with Prubeidler and had very good working relationships with, with both of those when, when you say, individuals. When you say partnered, what does that mean? Well, my fellow first ward alderman. Got the it. So there's two years, in each... Two yeah. in each ward. Okay, got so it. So my fellow first ward alderman for okay. the first three got years it, was, was Kent, and the second three years was was Prue. Uh, and I really enjoyed the experience. It was one of the most rewarding experiences of my life. And I thought our city council was an exceptionally strong city council. I'm very proud of the work that we did. And I say we, because it wasn't me. Right. Uh, one, one alderman on their own is, is really powerless and it's, it's a group effort and it's what you achieve as a council, not even as a mayor. It's not the mayor's legacy. It's not an individual alderman's legacy. It's council's legacy. And I, I think we were really a terrific, a terrific city council. I'm very proud of the work we did. And I really enjoyed making a difference in my community making decisions that impacted the daily life of my community. The atmosphere was very collegiate. Uh, we all got along well, but we were all also very independent and 
felt very free to express our very independent views. And I think that really stemmed from us all being caucus candidates, right? Because we knew we had to be nonpartisan, uh, independent, non-issue driven, non-agenda driven people. That was the one thing that the caucus demanded of us and was required for us to keep their endorsement and their support. Um, I served for six years with George Pandelion, of course, our current mayor, for six years with Don Schoenheider, for which he was a mayor, six years with Mike Edelman, terrific guy, five years with Randy Tack. I uh, also served with Tim Newman, uh, with Kent, with Michelle Marino. Uh, so we really had a terrific group. And, and all of those people, with, with exception of Pru, of course, um, I believe are all on the letter that uh, was generated and, and circulated um, full of supporting the caucus and supporting Randy's candidacy. So um, it, it goes to show you what the people who served with him thought of him. Like, that, what were some of the hairy decisions in that those six years? Well, you know, I think Randy's spoken to a few of them. Uh, and, and I don't know if you would say Harry decisions. It was it, well, Harry. When you got somebody coming up to the podium and taking advantage of their three minutes and are unhappy, those, well, that's what I mean by Harry. Loved it uh, when when uh, when people came in. Uh, you know, I, I hated seeing an empty room. Uh, and when I saw a full room, uh, you see those cars lined up. You know, when when you come in for dinner because we all had dinner beforehand. I was like, we're going to have some fun tonight. You know, and 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 I really enjoyed it, and I really appreciate. Uh, the people who came in uh, to share their views. And and when you think about it, you know, there were people who came in often, okay, and who liked to weigh in on issues. And they were very passionate. And I appreciate their passion and their involvement. Th that's really terrific. And then there were some people that came in when an issue was important to them, right? And it, it affected them directly based on you know, where they lived. Well, that's understandable, right? It's human nature. And then there was sort of the vast majority, <laughs> the vast silent majority uh, who never voted for me, um, didn't vote for anyone, uh, didn't know who I was uh, to this day, People are surprised sometimes <laughs> when I mention that I used to be an alderman and, and some of them lived in my ward. And I would say that's a good thing, right? Because that really shows how well Lake Forest is run, that you don't need to worry about it. And of course, you're going to speak up. And, and I will say one other thing, too. The important thing is that I knew that I represented everybody equally, and I took that very seriously. The loudest voice the most passionate person, they're no more my constituent than the person who literally didn't know my name. The decisions that I had to make, I made on behalf of everybody for the city as a whole, because of course, I'm a caucus candidate, right? I don't owe anyone anything. And I'm not suggesting that if you're not a caucus candidate that you do, there's a, a potential if you are, you know, an, an issue or agenda driven person that perhaps you, you feel that way. How, how do you sniff that out, the agenda? Well, I think the caucus does an amazingly good job of that, to, like, to be honest like, with you. Throw out a couple of questions. Like, how do you know? I, you know, I, I think the caucus, that's really, a, a, that's really a question for the caucus. Uh, you were on the caucus. So, 
What's that? You were on the caucus. No, I was never on the caucus. Oh. No, that was too much work, Peter. You're I thought that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was never on the caucus, but I interviewed many times, some, sometimes successfully and sometimes not. And we can get to that in a minute. Okay, uh, okay. But I right, interviewed fine. many times in front of the caucus. And okay. I will say this. How did you um, prepare for this interview? How did I prepare for this interview? You know what? Everyone prepares, okay. to be honest with you. Uh, and I know where you're going. Do you notice how she didn't say nothing? Slap your hand though, because, right. because everyone does prepare. And, and you're not going to be chosen as a caucus candidate if you're not prepared. Whether you prepare you know, in one way or another, whether you don't do anything in particular, everyone who interviews in front of the caucus, everyone who's chosen by the caucus, is prepared, but they are um, very serious about being nonpartisan and non-issue and non-agenda dri driven. I never knew what political party my the, the the caucus interviewers I interviewed in front of a lot of them uh, were. I never knew what issues were important to them. I had no idea. All I did was show up and answer the questions to the best of my ability. Kathy, the key question, the key thing you just said there is show up. Have you ever seen where Alderman didn't show up for a vote or say, I'm going to sit this one out? Well, you know. Are you going to slap my hand again? I might. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes people, I, I think there was a, a goal that we made a certain number of meetings a year and everyone meets, everyone misses a meeting now and then. Life happens, you know, stuff happens. I will tell you this, when, if we get to this point in this conversation, uh, that I feel very strongly about what has happened and I can only speak for myself and I don't sit certain things out. Some of the questions that you're moving towards yeah. are questions that are really best answered by others, okay? If you have a question as to whether your alderman um, is is doing something or not doing something, well, well you're a constituent, right? I, I, Pick up the phone and, and, and call that person and ask that person um, to explain their position. And if the caucus has a question as to my behavior during one of my terms, well, then that's fair game for the next interview. But I do think that they do a very good job of sniffing out uh, agenda-driven agenda driven candidates. And I do think the fact that we were caucus candidates was one of the reasons that made us so effective on city council, which is not to say that you can't run against the caucus because you absolutely can. We have a mayoral election coming up in April and you worked side by side with two of the people that are, are running. One has been endorsed by the caucus. One has not been endorsed, which is Prue Beidler and then Dr. Randy Tack. Do you want to talk about your experience working with them both? I would um, love to talk to, ab about my experience working with them. And I'd also like to talk uh, about the mayoral process because okay. I was very closely involved in that as well. In fact, I would argue that I am the person who was most similarly situated to both Randy and Prue uh, for the last four years. So I, yes, I worked with both Randy and Prue and I worked with Randy for five years. So he served as an alderman for five of the six years that I was an alderman, served with Prue at, for, for three years. Randy was, you know, I know he's appeared on this show. I, I, I watched the episode and, and that was a really accurate, 
representation of who Randy Tech is, how he thinks, and how he conducts himself. He's very good analytical skills, uh, very good acumen. He has the ability to look at an issue, a, a very complex issue even, and weigh it from all sides, listen to all sorts of different information, and I would say with surgical precision, find the uh, the find get to the core question, right? Okay, but this is really what it's all about. And then he was very skilled also at coming up with solutions because that's what we're there for. We're there to make decisions for the community to sometimes to solve problems in the way that's best for the entire community. So he was very, very good at that. And, and, and I don't, I'm not going to go through everything he did because I know he spoke to that as well. And I, and yeah. I think it's really for the person, the candidate to, to, to say that, but I will, I will suggest this to you. I think when you're looking at a mayoral candidate, that there's some things that are really important and, and you've made much of, 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 interviews and that interview process is key. And I'm sure Randy performed very well in those interviews. And I'm sure that was one of the reasons why the caucus selected him over me. How, how many times do you try for mayor? I'm a two-time loser, Pete. I how many times do you get to try? Uh, I was in the top three twice. So okay. um, that was, so I'm very, very- Why aren't you contesting? Very honored by that. I'd be honored to have your lawn sign. We can get to that. We can get to that in a minute, but we're talking about Randy, right? Okay, yeah. So I think that one thing that you really should look at and that the caucus and the public should look at is how did this person perform as an alderman? They have a track record for six years. How did they perform? What major committees did they did they chair? There's three major committees, finance, public works, and property and public lands. I chaired public works for, for three years. And then when I turned off, Randy took over as a chair. George was the, the finance chair for the entire time I was on city council, was replaced by Jed Morse. And I believe Jack Reisenberg, uh, another terrific person who I, I served with for uh, my entire six years. I believe he was the chairman of property and public land. So that's one thing you want to look at. The second thing I think you want to look at is, in, in addition to those committees, what, what other significant contributions did this person make? So for example, you know, serving on this fire and police protection board and, and, and Randy's work on the pensions, on the pension issues. What innovative things did this person bring in front of city council? And Randy has spoken to that as well. What did he or she bring to the council? And I think you also need to look at whether this was an individual who had the ability to change other people's minds. And there were a number of people on council who were able to change my mind. I never went in to a vote with my mind completely made up because there's a process and it's listening to the public and listening to my fellow alderman. And, and Randy was one of those people who could get you to, to, to see it a different way. And, you know, the easiest thing to do as an alderman is to spend six years like this, right? See which way the wind is blowing and vote with the majority every single time. That I would, 
argue is not being a consensus builder. A consensus builder is the person who is able to change your mind, is able to get you through the strength of their logic and the strength of their reasoning to see things their way. And Randy was one of those people. And I think it's interesting, you know, I I think the fact that so many of us who serve with him uh, are on that letter of support really speaks to our experiences with them. And and I hope voters consider this. I think that's one of the things that the caucus looks at, and it's very appropriate. You know, the differentiator between Prue and Randy, because the things that you brought up, Prue's done the same thing. And people want to know, well, how did Randy work differently than Prue? Did Prue not get consensus of everybody? I'm not saying that. I, I, yeah. I, I, spoke to, I spoke to Randy's skills and he's appeared on this program. And I really think the best person uh, to tell you about her, uh, what she achieved and her, and her skill set is Prue herself. And, and I very much hope she does that. I will tell you this, uh, that I worked for three years with her as a fellow first ward alderman and very much enjoyed it. We had a very good working relationship. Uh, we spoke often about issues, especially issues that were facing our ward. It was a very good experience, a very positive experience. And, and that is true of everyone uh, that I worked with on city council. And I didn't see discord uh, between Randy and anyone. And I didn't see discord between Prue and anyone. Fair enough. And, Again, I think she's the person who's best suited to speak to her skills. But 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 let me say that, and I I don't recall her. In fact, she I'm sure she didn't share a a major committee for what it's worth. Um, But I know she did that. She did do other things, and she was an extraordinary fundraiser, just extraordinary. And there was a project for the golf course that Tim Newman was really quite heavily involved in. It. School? Were you on that as well? Yeah, I was a rec board liaison did a great job raising funds for that. And I know she was also uh, worked in other beautification projects and she uh, was assigned to work on the advertising. The marketing, yeah. The marketing. And, you know, that was that was not an easy task. Uh, And she she worked on that and worked on the marketing campaign as well. I don't know what the the outcome of that was. I quite frankly, about a hundred grand. Quite frankly, the what really solved our housing slump, for lack of a better uh, a term, was was COVID, and you know none of, none of us saw that as a solution, <laughs> basically. Uh, but but that's what really did. So I again, I think she's she's the person who's best suited. But but I can uh, just tell you that it was a good experience. Brew, the sofa's yours anytime. I, so- I think um, you know. To add on to what Kathy's saying is, and I wasn't in those interview processes, I was way back when I was on the caucus, but um, I would assume that the caucus in their interview process solely took into consideration what, you know, the alderman interviewing for, what they did on the council and that impact. And I think that's kind of how that decision making process came was, you know, Randy was on several of those three committees that um you know kathy spoke to but again it's the interview process too it's how you go through the interview and 
some people say that the one decision is one way is wrong, you know, but you can't really, I mean, you got, for example, you three that were interviewed. I mean, you got to pick someone, right? I mean, and it's, you know, I don't think the caucus did a bad job at how they went through that process. I just think it was just, you know, it's, it was, it's rare that this situation where you have that many prior aldermen actually vying for the mayor's job. So that's made it even more tough. Well, and, and, and Scooter kind of piggyback on what you said. I, I, I agree completely. I think what the caucus is do what the caucus does is they look for the person with the best skill set to lead the city for the next four years. And there's kind of this pool of candidates and we all, we all know each other. Right. And because you, it, it's, it's really, it's not I, essential, but, it, but it's helpful to have served uh, as an alderman or at least uh, chaired a, a, a board or commission um, before being considered for mayor. So there's sort of this pool of candidates and every four years, some more people join the pool and every four years, some more people kind of cycle out of the pool. And, uh, but we all have very specific skill sets. My skill sets are different than Randy's. Randy's and Randy and Prue have two very different skill sets. So. I would think that if you are given those two as choices, uh, that you know you either feel pretty strongly one way or another that this is a school, the skill set that is needed. And I really think that's what the caucus is doing. So you don't really feel like you're running against someone. Right. Um, you don't feel, um, you know, rejected. <laughs> uh, I, I never did. I was honored to be considered. I really was. There's a lot of people that live in this town and it's nice to uh, be in the final three. At least that's the way I saw it. And, you know, but they're looking for the people with the right skills to lead the city for the next. Speaking of the final three, do you know Paul Hammond? I I don't know him personally. He I, I know who he is because he used to come to meetings when I was an alderman right. and there were issues that he felt strongly about. And he spoke up about those, you know, he spoke up on those issues. So, okay. He's, he's, he's going to be sitting on the sofa too. I was just wondering. He, the only person that said no to the sofa is uh, Peru. And uh, Kathy, what I want you to do is change my way of thinking. I think a certain way. I'm sure you've watched the show, heard the show. And I'm just going off of what I see and hear, what I personally experience. And just tell me where, where I'm wrong. And if we got to edit something, no problem. Yeah. It seems to me, <laughs> it seems to me, Prue's running on uh, three three things. She she wants to, she does or doesn't want to play the female card. Do you do you get that opinion? Well, let me. I don't like to speak to what somebody All does right. or doesn't want to do. But here's how. I, but I will answer your question All in right. a different way or a different question. Uh, I will tell you that. Um, I never felt that gender was a factor in the caucus's decision. I didn't feel like it was a factor when they selected me. And I didn't feel like it was a factor when they didn't select me. For me, it's really not an issue. I, I realize that other people are making it an issue. But for me, it's really not the issue. I really felt like the caucus... Uh, and more, more often than not got it right, that they're looking to select the best person for the job. 
when I was selected, I truly believe I was selected because they believed me to be the best person, not the best woman, because I'm insulted if you pick me because I'm the best woman for the job rather than the best person for the job. And when I wasn't selected for mayor twice, I don't think it had anything to do with the fact that I'm a female. In fact, I thought the caucus was caucus was more than willing to consider me as a female candidate. Uh, and I think what you're really looking for here, and, and, and one thing that just kind of annoys me is the suggestion that there needs to be some mathematical ratio of males to females on city council. I, I don't understand where this is coming from. And that it's horrific if we uh, did have three women and now we're down to two. Well, next time we may have five or eight or nine. Um, and that's completely fine because what you really want to do, I'll go so far as to say, take, take gender out of this. What you really want to do as a caucus is find a cross section of the community, young, old, parents of young children, parents of people who have been through the school system from a variety of backgrounds, professional backgrounds. Uh, and that's really how you get the most balanced city council. I wouldn't want a city council of nine old lawyers, nor would I want a city council of nine young bankers, okay? It, it wouldn't be a fair representation of the community. But this idea that you have to replace a woman with a woman or um, you, you know, it's, it's, it's horrific now that there's uh, one fewer woman and, and next time there may be, there may be more, uh, there may be more female candidates than, than men. Isn't that the beauty of our caucus system is that it takes partisanship out of it. It takes gender out of it. It's really about who's the best qualified candidate for whatever board commission council mayor but that's the beauty of it because you don't have you know that now in another system outside the caucus yeah you could be running on different types of platforms and uh, but i think that's one of the beauties of our system is I you can't come back that. and say you know the caucus was wrong because well no you can't because you can't say you know there's not 100% men on the caucus committee, nor are there 100% women. It's an excellent mix of our representation of our city. And I think that's why it works the best. We're talking process. School, the annual meeting, they went in there and they tried to do, a, I call it a coup. They tried to bring in a few hundred people and try to get a certain candidate elected. Well, there, there was an email sent out prior to the um, meet the meet the candidate meeting. And there was several, a couple hundred people that came out in support of Prue based on that email. I'm going to say that's my opinion on it. But, um, and then voted, you know, the other way on what the caucus slate was. Um, 
but that's not a binding vote and it gives the caucus they can follow that and redo everything or you know move forward so it's it's you know but if you're not chosen is that what you do is that how you contest contest an election well i can no. tell you what i did oh, what, what did you do <laughs> uh, i don't mean to i forgot that. you're back there I don't mean to interrupt, uh, but but I'm more than happy. I'm more Please. than happy to speak to uh, uh, to speak to that, and I agree with uh, with your opinion, um, and that's what it is. It's an opinion. Uh, so I can speak a little bit of my to my personal experience. Uh, four years ago, um, I was called by the caucus president and asked to interview. I, I never self-identified, by the way, the entire time I was going through this process. I never self-identified, and. I did, and I, I went through the interview process, and the finalists were myself, Randy Tack, and George Pamelon. And so we interviewed in front of the, the 42. At the end of that process, George was chosen. I was disappointed, but I'd, I'd worked with this guy, right? And I mean, it was George. I knew how qualified he was, and I could understand why the caucus would look at him and say, yeah, you know, I think he's the right person. To, to lead us for the next four years. So of course I picked up the phone right away and called George and congratulated him and uh, offered to help in any ways. And, and, and I went on to serve the city in other capacities. I uh, served on the other committees uh, and I served on the Lake Forest Lake Bluff Senior Citizens Foundation. Uh, so I, I went on to give back. And I, I sort of forgot about the whole thing, to be honest with you, I, I didn't have some grand plan, you know, to become the next mayor. And then uh, four years later, ring, 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 there's my phone again. And once again, I'm asked to come in and interview. And, and I will say that before that, before I was asked to come and interview, there were people in the community who I very much respected, who said, you know, I think you should toss your name in the hat. So I knew I had some support out there and, and that was really heartwarming and, and that was really nice. But I told them, well, the caucus knows where to find me. And, and they did, they, they knew where to find me. And so once again, I went through the process and I will tell you that uh, I didn't say yes immediately when I was asked to interview. I, I really had to think about it, about whether it was the right time for me personally and whether I was it was the right time for the city to have me. And I decided that I, I thought it was. And once I made up my mind and committed to the process, I put a great deal of time and effort into preparing for those interviews. I did it very quietly. I didn't tell other people this is what I was doing. And I, you know, I, I didn't ask for other people's support. In fact, ironically, I don't know many people on the caucus, um, but I do know one person or two people on the caucus and I avoided them during this time because I didn't want them to feel that I was pressuring them in any way to vote for me. I wanted to, them to vote their, their, their conscience. And so once again, uh, I, I find out that I'm the third place finisher finisher, and I, I wouldn't say that publicly, but the caucus has an FAQ on their website where they talk about the number three candidate who was a woman who they elicited feedback from after this vote. And that was me. And for some reason, the caucus decided to go with two finalists rather than three. I don't know why. Uh, but once again, I was 
I was I was very I was I was very disappointed, personally disappointed. Pete, I I, I didn't feel entitled to the job, um, not based on my personal characteristics, not based on my unique skill set, um, and not based on my family's history and and my family's contributions. And uh, you know, of course, I was asked during the interview process if I would run against the caucus candidate if that were not me, if I were not chosen. I assume the other candidates were asked this as well. And I said, no, I will not do that. And I did not qualify that answer in any way. And my word is my bond. I, I, I take my word very seriously very serious about that. And uh, even if I hadn't been asked by the caucus, I would not have run against a caucus candidate if I were not selected. I feel honor bound to them. You know, I, I know things like, you know, duty and honor and, and, and fairness. Well, Kathy, I, part of the process, and please correct me, that's why we have you here and I'm waiting for the shoe to be thrown at me. Part of the process is you don't go in with your email posse to try to overthrow something you just say okay i lost and i'm going to contest the election and i'm going to put some lawn signs up well that's my point i mean i i i called randy and 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 uh congratulated him of course i would have done the same thing if prue uh, had been selected and um what i didn't do and what i wouldn't do is send an email to my friends and supporters who do not represent a cross-section of the community and elicit them, encourage them to come to the annual meeting and to overthrow the process and oust the caucus candidate. By the way, I did not receive an email <laughs> and I was the person who was really the most similarly situated um, to Randy and Prue I'm the number three finisher, and I am also a woman. And so, so you know, so so I, I I didn't do that, and I wouldn't do that. I didn't break my commitment and break my word to the caucus that I wouldn't uh, run against their candidate. Certainly not on the basis of, oh my goodness, we will now only have two women on city council instead of three. And I believe very strongly in, in women participating in, in government. But uh, you say your word, your bond process, respect. I mean, the caucus system has done pretty well by you for a long period of time. And it's done pretty well by Prue for like 20 years. So this is me saying it. To me, it appears like bad form to go about it like that happened. I know you're not saying it. I, I, I said it. The second thing, Kathy, that I'd like your opinion on is the commercials that are going out by Prue. And again, I met Prue face to face in Gerhardt's as she's berating Mary Groib because Randy Tack's sign was in the window. I said, hey, these are the three things you have to answer for me for me to vote for you. And she stepped to the side and Stu Susan Garrett came in. She was the... Uh, Democratic uh, st uh, state senator, right? Okay. 
just want to make sure, you know, I'm, I'm figuring this out as I go, Kathy, you got to keep me in line. This is our fact checker. Number one, that's our first fact checker. We've had her scoop. The commercials that are going out is Peru is saying, um, she's lobbying the people in the historic district. She's saying that the people that donated money to the caucus are insiders. If you're looking at political donations, is it fair game to look at a candidate that wants to run for mayor and their political contributions? Well, let me answer your question this way. Uh, the information is out there if you're interested, right? So it's a matter of public record. I will tell you that for me uh, personally, I don't find it to be relevant. The reason is, is that, you know, many of us belong to political parties, one or the other. And, you know, many of us donate to candidates. Some may donate to mostly Republican candidates. Some may donate to mostly Democrats. Some may a little of each. And, and I know we're talking about a substantial amount of money here, um, but, you know, you, you donate according to your means. Right. And so, again, if the information is there, it's public record. Okay. If you're interested, you should look at it. I will say this. I will say that when I, I I'm sure there have been other aldermen uh, and other mayors, I would imagine, who have donated money to one political. Not to this level or another. I don't I honestly don't know. I do. Okay. Not... <laughs> but here's what I will say. While I sat on city council, uh, I didn't see that affect anyone's behavior on, on city council. However, I will qualify that by saying we were all caucus candidates, right? Yep. And that's who we were beholden to, for lack of, 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 of a better term. So I never saw that in anyone's behavior. And I would hope that that would never be the case. Um, as far as the donations that are being made now to the caucus, you know, th that's a very interesting thing. The caucus has really never had to raise money before. I mean, we really have it. The caucus can't self-fund. I mean, they're not, you know, they're not independently wealthy. And so for the first time, the caucus is really out there trying to raise money. And I think it's terrific. When you look at those names of the people who are the, the top donors, these are pillars of our community. These are former mayors, former aldermen, current aldermen. There's a person on there who is the recipient of the Larry Temple Public Service Award, whose committee I chaired for a while. This is the top honor that you can bestow upon anyone in Lake Forest. And to suggest that these people have some sort of vested interest or there's something nefarious going on here is, um, is really disturbing to me. Uh, because again, I, I think that you donate to causes because you believe in them. And that's it, because you believe in them. And uh, that's certainly how I would hope uh, but is it, is it donations. Would you call them insiders though? I would call them pillars of our community, exactly yeah. what I said. And what I'm telling, what I'm saying to you, what I'm suggesting to you is that they are donating to a cause that they believe in. That's what I'm suggesting to you. And to suggest that they expect something in return is really disturbing to me. The beauty of being on the caucus is being a caucus candidate is that you are non-agenda, non-issue driven. Historically, 
people who have run against the caucus have been agenda-driven candidates. I am not okay with what happened at that general meeting during that vote, but completely fine to run against the caucus. But again, the caucus is non-agenda, non-partisan. Historically, we've had some wonderful members of our community run against the caucus. And it's usually been because there's an issue that's important to them. If there's enough people that feel strongly about that issue, then they should go ahead and elect that person mayor. But I will suggest to you that there is a risk that if the people who are responsible for getting you elected are issue and agenda driven, that it's quite possible that they may think that you owe them something in return for their support. I'm not saying that that that's gonna happen. I'm just pointing out the risk. Why is the caucus raising funds? Because this opponent, I don't wanna say is part of the machine, but to me, you had a state senator who had Susan Garrett, she has some experience in doing this, running campaigns and whatever. Peru has, she's donated a half a mil to politicians outside of Lake County. Kim Fox, Lori Lightfoot, take that, whatever you want, whatever you want. And to me, I'm like, wait a minute. I'm looking at the donation to the caucus. I think over the 20 years, it's like five grand, which is pretty cool. Thank you for doing it, Peru. But, you know, the half mil going outside of Lake County, I'm scratching my head and there's got to be an agenda in there somewhere. And to come in and then have Susan Garrett, I, if I was on the caucus, I'd be like, oh man, this is going to be uh, an interesting uh, slug fight, which is a shame because I've just been a part of the school board election. That was nasty enough. People are split to block the box. And I think that's what Prue's doing. She's getting off these people in the first ward and historic district and playing off of that. that. That's how I'm looking at it. And that's why I think the caucus is raising all that money. Should I be looking at things this way? I, I can add to it. Yeah, Pete, you need to change your outlook. <laughs> okay, how should I change it? Where I, am I off? Well, I, I think you're off is, uh, and I agree, and we've talked about this with, uh, agree with Kathy, is that everyone donates to whatever cause they want. And the beauty of the caucus is, as, as Kathy said, it's nonpartisan, but it's, it, it's actually everyone's partisan. It's more being nonpartisan. It's can I be nonpartisan, and even though I am, but not help make decisions on a partisan basis. I can be partisan, but when I'm part of the caucus helping make a decision, that should not weigh into my decision on the caucus is whether I'm, you know, this way or that. That's what nonpartisan is. And too often when people are partisan, and there's been people that come through that that don't make it through any boards or commissions because they come into a caucus meeting and they say, this is how I stand. Well, that disqualifies you. It's more you have to, can I get away from my partisanship to do what is a part of the caucus is being nonpartisan. So it's not wavering. It's looking for those people that can do that. And that's the challenging thing with being on the caucus committee and finding people. That's the hardest thing, particularly for an alderman spot. And Kathy, I was going to ask you this, and this is more my view of things, that there's been some issues lately on council with different aldermen. And there's 
issues on boards and commissions with people that have been put up there. Um, I'm going to ask you about the alderman spots and getting on as an alderman. I, you know, I was on the caucus committee. I was served on the rec board and all that. But growing up in the community, I always understood that it was under under unwritten rule on the caucus that when we're looking for candidates for alderman and you can say up to the mayor too, is there's five key boards that you want to see aldermen serve on because it helps, you know, understand what's going on in the community as well as working with staff. Lately, there's been a lot of bypassing that. I think it's attributed to some problems, but I just want to get your viewpoint on qualifications for an alderman position. And if that is true, you feel that, you know, boards and commissions should be served on. Well, I will say that traditionally serving on a border commission has been a good uh, uh, way to uh, vet people who might be suitable uh, to be aldermen. I, I served for a, a few years on the plan commission uh, and many people who I served with as aldermen came from you know, one one committee or another, but I don't know that it's that it's key. Uh, Randy himself never served on a board board or commission, and he did a terrific job. And he made right. and, and as far as a major board, you know, the the major boards that you kind of think of are you know plan and zoning. But we've had wonderful wonderful aldermen who have uh, come from uh, chair of the legal committee. Uh, I think Bob Palmer was chair of the legal committee and he was mm -hmm. on the cemetery commission. So I don't really think that there's a hard and fast rule that you have to come, you know, from one of the, the big boards. Again, the, the, it's finding the person who has the skill set. Now, if you haven't served on a major board or commission, it's probably helpful to have experience um, on boards, okay, and and Era might be another one. I'm I'm not sure what 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 boards he, he served on, but he's probably had a lot of experience right. in his professional life and serving on other types of boards and 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 leading other types of boards. So I don't think it's a hard and fast rule. I think it's a helpful training ground, and and it also just for me the benefit of serving on plan commission was that it helped me learn the process, right? So I got to know some of the city staff and I got a feel for how meetings are run and you know what an agenda looks like and could follow issues that came before me onto city council and see how they were resolved. So for me personally, it was helpful, but it's not, I don't think there's a really hard and fast rule. So Kathy, I'm sure you've watched a lot of shows, listened to a lot of the Lake Forest podcasts. You've heard me go on and on and on. You got any advice for me for me to change my way of thinking, how I look at things? <laughs> well, actually, I don't. But, you know, you touched upon an interesting point because I haven't watched a lot of podcasts, True Confession, nor yeah. have I watched a lot of your podcasts. Oh. I, I learned about it fairly recently from my husband. And I've now Is seen. That Joe? Yes, from Joe. And I've now and I've now seen probably four or five episodes. Okay. Um, by the way, really enjoyed um, Joe Aridi uh, from the caucus. Thought he did a fabulous job. Um, very much enjoyed uh, Randy as well. And I, I will tell you that I was really um, sort of intrigued by 
this whole uh, uh, process. And you know, this is um, this is a conversation, right? It, it's a conversation uh, b- between people in your community. It's not rehearsed. Uh, it's not scripted. It's not a you know reporter interviewing you. And I've had to deal with the media a fair amount in my no fact professional, professional life. And this is really a different, a, a very different format. And I, I think it's very interesting. And I think it's very intriguing. And 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 hopefully I've had things that are interesting to say. And I I then started kind of doing a little research on my own. And I found out that it's very common for other communities to have these types of podcasts. I didn't know that. And many communities have them. And so, you know, it's kind of the wave of the future here, I I, I think. And, And I would suggest to you that it's quite possible that from now on out, uh, we will see mayoral candidates uh, for Lake Forest appearing on uh, this type. The red sofa. This type of a podcast, <laughs> maybe not this exact sofa, Pete, but but you know we we will see uh, that ha- that happening. I, I think it's sort of a, of a new trend here, and I personally like it. Um, I guess it could be a little scary because I don't know, Scoo, what you're going to say, and. Pete, I, I really don't know what you're going to say, uh, <laughs> but but I think it's uh, it's it's very interesting. It's um you're it, it's you're able to have a fuller discussion uh, than you know these very rehearsed uh, questions or, or an answers. echo chamber, whether it's the left or the right. You know, it's let them fight it out. It's like the in between. And, and Pete, I kind of like that you. Uh, Keep changing your mind. I think that is, <laughs> as the information changes, I change my mind. <laughs> that really shows that you're not really firmly on one side or another um, at any given moment, apparently. And and I, uh, I, like I could that. be a politician. Is that what you're saying? I, I, I'm actually not saying that. I am I, running for mayor. <laughs> I'm actually not saying that. Uh, but I think it's a uh, it, it it makes it more 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 interesting. Uh, uh, so uh, well, we welcome it, conversation. We welcome everybody on the show. Paul Hammond's going to come over. Uh, I give him a lot of uh, flack for his uh, take on the turf, but there are a couple <laughs> things that he talks about that I do agree with. So we're we'll we'll go at it and <laughs> come on, Scoo. <laughs> hey, hey, Kathy. Here's here's a question you probably weren't ready for. Okay. <laughs> well, first off, thank you for serving and volunteering as well as um, your family. Incredible. But, um, and I don't know if you know this, but I'm going to ask you the question. I always knew Pat as Mrs. Waldeck when I was growing up, just because she was at, a, she was at Deer Path, correct? Well, she was at the high school. High school. That's, I, was, I was, yeah, she was at the high school. And I was Mrs. Waldeck. Yeah, and she was what, sort of the. She uh, well, she yeah, that's a good question. Um, she was a keeper of secrets. A school is what she did. Um, she was uh she was sort of she was a nurse sort of dietitian by 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 training, and I think she was technically sort of like the attendance uh uh person. Uh, you know, she had eight kids, so you couldn't get right. much past her. I, I couldn't and, remember if it was Deer Path or the high school. No, it was the had, high school. I was always like when I saw her during the day, it's like Mrs. Waldeck. Right. Well, and and I will tell you, and and uh, that uh, 
that I would have people come up to me, you know, many years after they graduated from high school, you know, people in their 40s and 50s, um, who not only would remember my mother-in-law, um, but what was great was when they said, you know, tell tell Mrs. Waldeck that I said hello. And please make sure when you tell her, tell her that it's Jim Jones, not <laughs> my brother. Okay. <laughs> not, not my brother George or whatever, because she uh uh was really you you couldn't pull one over on her. But but well, she was I, I always remember her and it's always to me it was Mrs. Waldeck, but then later on, just like you said, when I, I actually did meet her later on, what a wonderful person and what everything she's done is, for the community as well as as well as Frank and, and you. Just phenomenal. And thank you. I had very, very uh, good examples uh, to follow, so I'm very fortunate about that. Kathy Waldeck, thank you so much for coming on the Lake Forest Podcast. Thank you. The Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Make a memory of a lifetime with Shark Eye Outdoors out of Longboat Key, Florida. Experience their shark beach fishing, kayak tours, and fossil hunting. Go to SharkGuyOutdoors.com and schedule an outing now. Forest Bluff Real Estate Group serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and Michelle Parnell get a free market analysis now at ForestBluffRealEstate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Their cannabis cultivation center owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich. They focus on hard-to-find small batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Ganjier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process, Iliad Epic Grow. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Havy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest owned Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. We'd also like to say that we're thankful for our patron supporters. Reverend Lupac from the Church of the Holy Spirit. Matt A., Elizabeth C., Coastal Lance, Otto, REM, John C., and Dan Rogers. Shout out to the Lake Forest Breakfast Group, Rod Stop in Kenosha, Captain Mike's Kenosha, Greentown Tavern in Waukegan, and the Frolic Lounge in Waukegan.